Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 100, 100. I think that's Roman numeral C, which is you hardly ever get up to that. Episode 100 of uh, the business talk show. Uh, here on USA Global TV and radio, uh, starring the one and only Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. Uh, and I'm just happy to be along for the ride. My name is Alcini. Dr. Jacqueline, what do you think? 100 episodes. Hi, Al. I can't believe it. You know, and, and I've shared this before, but for people who haven't seen our show, I remember going up to you in a parking lot outside of a television station and being so intimidated to speak with you. I had heard about your incredible career and working for one of the big networks that has three letters. And you just, uh, you have a following. And I, I approached you and you and I connected and then we started doing a show together at another station. And then when I left and came here, I said, would you come with me and do this business show? And you said, yes, I will. And sure. I've always been grateful. You've been an, an incredible mentor to me in so many ways. And you've watched how we've shaped and grown and transformed. And I just am so grateful to you every day as a friend, as a partner, as a mentor. Well, you're, you're being very generous and I appreciate that. But I have to tell you, I've learned at least as much from you as you may have learned from me. And uh, it, this has been a wonderful association, Nana. I'm looking forward to the next 100 episodes. <laughs> I am too. All in all, I think we have 1,300 shows on this platform. So I am I'm amazed by that. And at, how many different? How many shows a week? So now we have 27 shows a week, yeah. and uh, my goal is just for people who are curious is not for me to be in front of the camera for every show. I want other people to be doing their own shows, and I'm producing. And eventually, I'm not going to be producing. I'm just going to be watching and saying, "Wow, this well, that'd is be amazing. great." So it'll be your opportunity to sit down for a change instead of standing up. For it. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. And, you know, we've got a wonderful guest backstage. Before we bring him out, Al, I'd love to spotlight you and share about your work, the things that you're doing in your business, as well as what you're doing over on um, another channel and what you're doing with The Advocate. So please take it away, Alcini, and then we'll bring out our guest. I appreciate that. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. And, you know, it, uh, as a segue into uh, what I know Jose Ucar does, uh, having spoken with him a little bit before the program. Uh, we have a program uh, uh, called the Brand and Culture Alignment Toolkit, and we're about to introduce a version of it that is a team-building exercise that can fit into a two-hour to three-hour window of an event that an organization can plan. And we're going to call it Team Up. And uh, the program is going to quickly align the members of a team with each other and also with the purpose of the team, whatever it is the team does. One of the things we found is that when people are connected to a purpose, 
actually it's and it fits with with Jose and you know I, I don't want to make it sound too roundabout but what we've learned is that people really don't follow people people follow what people follow so when you articulate with passion and energy a goal a destination something that matters to you people who listen to you fall in love not with you but with this thing that they see you love that love becomes the focus of their efforts and the cool thing about that is it may, not only does it make you a more effective leader and that people are more likely to follow what you follow, meaning they'll follow you. But later on, when you step aside, they keep following what you follow. You've created a movement. It's not just about leadership. It's about falling in love with something and wanting to make that happen. And we've using BCAT, the Brand and Culture Alignment Toolkit, we've built out a, a three hour version of it that you can plug into uh, an offsite meeting or uh, an event that you're planning for your team. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to explain that to people. I appreciate that. And I can't think of a better way to maybe transition into talking with Jose about the importance of clarifying message uh, and meaning, meaning and finding meaning in what you say. Uh, and that's why I'm looking forward to today's 100th episode interview. Thank you. Thank you so much, Al. Without further ado, our guest is an internationally renowned world-class speaker. He is a coach. He's a TEDx speaker, and he has overcome his own adversity to be where he is today. And now he's giving back in helping other people get over their fears and their misconceptions about public speaking. Let's welcome to the program from the UK, Jose Yukar. Welcome. Wow. What a great pleasure to, to be you, here. Jose. Definitely great to see you. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, first of all, I, 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 I don't know whether you were listening while you were backstage to what we were talking about, but that I, an awful lot of people, I think, when they get in front of a group are so twisted up about how the group is going to react to what they have to say that they forget what it is they really need to say to connect with the group. They get lost in the they get lost in the showbiz aspects of it. They forget that what's important is the content they have in mind and helping them reconnect with the importance of what they have to say is a big part of what you do. Isn't that right? That's a big part of what I do, Al, indeed. And uh, would you like me to expand on this right sure. now? Are we diving yeah. right into it? Because as you well said, we, we, and I'm going to generalize the Roger we because it still happens to me even after years of practice because people, I, I love it. They tend to see, oh yeah, he's an international speaker. She's an international speaker. That's it. They don't fear anything else. They don't make mm -hmm. mistakes. They never, ever fail. Well, first of all, that's not the case. We still make mistakes. We are learning. The thing is sometimes the audience may not realize that. But beyond that, we need to get over ourselves. When we're speaking, it's not about us. And I think you touched on this. It's mm. about the message. Most importantly, it's going to be about the impact we are going to make on the audience through the power of our message. This is why it is so important to have a structure that leads people on that journey that we're creating for them. So mm. it's not the Jose show. It's not the Al show. It's not uh, Jacqueline's show. It's actually we're there for the audience. So I'm here. Right now, of course, it is a pleasure to share the stage with you, but I'm here to share a message and I want people to take action once they finish hearing this. As I said initially, I don't care about what you know. That's fine. I only care about what you do with what you know. And that's how I would like to get the show started. That is, that is, you know, that to me anyway, I just want to tell a real quick story. It's great. This is exciting. And I think an awful lot of people out there are going to really appreciate some of the tips they'll pick up today. We'll also get to talk, Jose, about 
some of the things you've had to overcome to get to where you are, because uh, and that to me also that's an inspiring story. But but before that, I want to tell this one story. Mitchell Chi is somebody that we interviewed on an earlier episode of the Business Talk Show, and he and his team once had to make a presentation to Larry Ellison at Oracle. And needless to say, there was a fair amount of stage fright associated with that. They were worried about how this was going to come across. They rehearsed it extensively. They had a very carefully tuned PowerPoint deck that they were going to walk them through. And when they got there, they flipped open the laptop and they started with their PowerPoint. And Larry Ellison closed the lid of the laptop and said, now tell me what it is I need. To know. And, and Mitchell said he was really proud of his team because he kind of clenched his he, he became very clenched and nervous, not knowing what was going to happen. But when when all of a sudden the projector bulb burns out or the all these things that we depend on all the time go wrong, that's when you have an opportunity to explain to people the impact, the power of what it is you want them to hear, which is way more, to me anyway, way more influential than anything you could show them on a slide. Oh, wow. and that's why. I do what I do because I, I want to hear, and we want to hear how you do that too, because there are a lot of people out there who need that help. Yes, absolutely. Always be ready. That's why it is so important to prepare, prepare and prepare. And when I say this, it's not about preparing just the PowerPoint presentation hmm. or the slides, which will be an important part of it. Okay. But then what if you find a client like that? Or what if you struggle? What if you drop your laptop? What if you get a virus? What if, and what if, and what if? That's why instead of memorizing things, you incorporate stories. And depending on what you want the audience to take away, which is how I always like to start my presentations, how I build them up, how I create them, what do you want to take the audience? Sorry, what do you want the audience to take away? That's how I start actually crafting it backwards. And there is no way I can forget it. I may run out of slides. I may struggle. I may fall over. I still remember what I'm going to say. So here is a very easy structure. You're going to be presenting. It's not your show, as I said before. So what do you want the audience to take away at the end? Okay, so imagine today I want you all, and this is an interview, it's not, but it's kind of a presentation. Mm. I want you all to leave with some practical tips, okay? And I want you to start applying them, even if you take just a one, right? So if I go backwards, then what kind of elements am I going to be sharing? Well, I'm going to be sharing some of the key things from public speaking, of course, and how am I going to be illustrating them, which Al just did fantastically with a story. Mm. And depending on the time I have, then I will create points and illustrate them with stories or with anecdotes. My stories are my stories. My anecdotes are my anecdotes. Even if they are someone else's, I remember them. And the points I'm going to be sharing, I'm, I, I will remember because you prepare for it. So what are the points you're going to make? Depending on the time, for a five-minute, I usually recommend having like a one strong point. If you're going to go up to 15, then three good points. Illustrate them with a story, and off you go. And then if you're wondering, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Okay, Jose, fine. What do you want the audience to take away? And then we go point, story, point, story, point, story, or point, anecdote, point, data to back up your points and point another story. How do you create the stories? There are loads of ways. A very simple one. I believe in the power of three. I like things simple because I want to be ready every time. Jose, would you like to speak? Yes. Jose, yes. Ah, what do you say? Yes, I'm on. Intro, problem, a solution, and a call to action. Simple. Hmm. You want to craft a story? And that's usually the one I tell when I was in Sweden. One of my biggest challenges, I was in Sweden. 
And then that's kind of the intro. I dive into the problem on how I struggled to present. I didn't know the language. People kind of started laughing a little bit at me because I couldn't speak and I apologized at the end. And then how some, some people helped me to come out of that situation and then towards leading them to a call to action, which can be engaged with me. Let's have a conversation. Let's connect. And there you have it. I've given you the essence of what can be a type of presentation that you will always remember. You know, there's, there's, that's, to me, I, you know, I, I, Dr. Jacqueline, this is such an exciting conversation. I'm probably stepping on about 100 questions you probably have. I feel, and I, and I, I'm somewhat regretful of that, but not a lot. I mean, honestly. Uh, so, Jose, I come to you with what a friend of mine once referred to humorously as a Franken deck. It's a deck of PowerPoint slides that has grown into a monster over the years. I feel as though every time I get in front of a group of people, I have to cover every one of them because leaving anything out would be a mortal sin. So, so I'm going to be totally focused on saying everything I can possibly say, never mind that what I'm saying has no emotional impact on people. So the first thing you do is help me through all that. Is that right? I mean, you're going you're gonna to blow the whistle on me and tell me that I'm doing it wrong, and then you're going to help me rearrange everything. I'll, I'll probably start. I will actually get rid of that presentation and I will ask you, what do you want your audience to take away? How long do you have to deliver your presentation? And that's how we would start. Because if you're, think about it, if you're going through each one of those slides, you're on a mission to finish your presentation. Well, what's in it for your audience? It's not mm. what I say. Get over yourself. Get over that incredible presentation that you crafted for 200 years. I don't care. Because even if you read it all, even if you go through it all, and it's incredible. People are going to get tired of it. People are going to disconnect. As you said, there's not going to be any emotional connection. Then what is the point? You're being selfish, taking the audience's time. That's that's how I would start that conversation. And and that, that in itself is a clarifying. And I also want to, uh, this is the part where Dr. Jacqueline comes in. Adversity to Austin. You mentioned, Jose, that you were self-conscious because you had, uh, when you first came to the UK, I guess, you had an accent. I mean, you still do, but it's but it's uh, your, your English is very good. But you were self-conscious of your accent and that made you uncomfortable, I guess. How did you overcome that? How did you how did you get past? Well, it, it this actually started many years ago and I will probably go back to Sweden. I'm not going to give you the whole story uh -huh. when I was 16. But even before that, in Venezuela, when I moved, and it happens in the US, it happens in the UK, and happens in any country I've been to. When you move from an area to another, you always have an accent. And then the tendency is that people actually either admire it or make fun of you. But usually they, they mock you a little bit. So fine. I wanted to start speaking up. I wanted to be in front of audiences. And people, especially when I came to the UK, they would say, yes, but in order to be taken seriously, Jose, you need to change your accent. In order to be taken seriously, Jose, you need to start speaking a bit more like us. In order to be taken seriously, Jose, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do that. And all of the elements that they suggested, they weren't changes on my delivery or things I could do differently, how to craft my stories and all of the things that we've been discussing quite nicely together. Mm -hmm. No, they were fundamental things about my humanity, my accent, which is connected to my culture, to where I'm from, to my experiences. They wanted me to change who I was. Uh. Yeah, that, that was the fundamental thing here. And then because I was learning and I was trusting people, I said, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, let me give it a go. 
let me give it a go because you know one thing I do take seriously feedback. So let me give it a go. Let me implement some of this. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Jacqueline and Al, it felt so wrong. It felt deeply so wrong in my gut, in my heart. I, I felt as if, you know, I was actually dying by 100,000 cuts <laughs> every time I tried to do something that was against my nature. Mm. And I couldn't do it. I had to stop it. And I started following, following my essence, learning a lot around the topic of speaking, the subjects, the message, but nurturing my uniqueness. Mm. Nurturing my uniqueness. And that has set me free. I still struggle. I still have bad days. I'm a human being. But what I've also learned is to recover quickly, much quicker than before, and move on by acknowledging who I am as a human being. The message I've got for my audience, for the world, I would say, because the more I grow, the more I'm going to have a greater reach. And that's what I want you all to listen to. You've got something to say. You've got a message. You've got not just the one story. You've got many stories that could actually impact even if you start impacting one person hmm. and then that person impacts another person think about that compound effect of storytelling of sharing your story with impact or call it just speak <clears throat> speaking you see i'm getting i do get emotional and i feel it all around my chest in here because that's that's what i stand for and that's what i want people to do i mean don't tell anyone don't let anyone just tell you yeah you're, you're not gonna make it it's not right the way you're doing it you need to change. You need to change who you are. Take feedback. Learn. I, I, I heard. A, a, stick a to your years. uniqueness. I think that's a wonderful story. And that is, to me anyway, that's like the theme of diversity at Awesome, isn't it? It's not so much that you cured something as that you've learned to live with it. And it actually becomes a positive feature of who you are. It is you. This is me. You know, and uh, you know, and I, I think, I think there's a, a huge value just in that message. What do you think, Dr. Jack? I totally agree. And Jose, uh, just from a personal perspective, professional perspective, in my career, I was told many times, "You need to change, change your hair, change this, change that." But wait, you hired me, and I look like that. Why do I have to change now? <laughs> and, and personally, you work out too much. You do that. well you're the one who's seeing me for all this time and this is who i am i've always been the same so your point about being who we are being human beings and being respected for who we are instead of trying to have to change to accommodate someone else i feel like is so liberating and it's a message that we need more of and al you know when i first started doing this platform i started opening the show hello and welcome and you're like what are you doing that's not that's not you who is that and i thought i was supposed to be this announcer so i love the message we also have a comment from a dear friend and team member janetta barry uh one of my favorite people jose explains it so well and of course janetta brought you to the platform thank you so much appreciate that great so, team definitely she is and she just did her first talking heads today by the way so congratulations oh, so, Jose, a question I have for you, because there's so many aspects of the actual presentation and the fact that you mentioned it's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about Al, it's about the audience. And I think when we remember that, we can actually take away all of that stress and that anxiety we have before the presentation and during the presentation, because we're focusing on them. We're here to give them the message. So here's my question for you. And I've seen this throughout my corporate career. 
someone of sea uh, level in a major global corporation was giving a speech and he actually was playing with coins in his pocket and he had taken off his shoe and he was sort of like twirling the shoe around as he was playing and everyone you could just see people like what's going on how did this guy get to be in this position so to your point regardless of where you are sometimes we need that refresher to say hey wait a minute how are we showing up right look as i always like to say whatever you do on the stage do it with purpose okay mm -hmm. so if you're gonna if you're gonna have coins in your pocket because you want to share something and you're gonna be jingling those and just make sound and everything else because there is a point to it throughout the presentation then fantastic if not then i would say that's a mistake that distracts the audience from from your message very simple so before you jump on stage that's why again i'm gonna go practice 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 and it's not practice memorize the whole thing it's just practice because the more you practice the the, the more confident you are in the message you're going to be delivering and the more the audience is going to get to their takeaway so it is a process it's like selling it's you name it it's a process that we all follow and not because we want to manipulate. And many people say, and then you're acting. No, I'm not acting. But I really want to make sure that people at the end get value. Because then why on earth would they pay? Or most importantly, would they spend their time if by the end of it, it was just, uh, mm, no, you want them to live like, wow. I mean, I heard Al speaking and I'm taking this and this and this. And actually, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to buy his book. If you've got a mm -hmm. book, Al and Dr. Jacqueline, I'm going to definitely watch all of your episodes because there's incredible what I'm learning every time. This is what I'm after. And this mm -hmm. is what I help people to do. Yes, liberate yourself. Speak your greatness from the unique you. Be less vanilla. Make mistakes. Yes, we all make mistakes, even if it, they happen on, on stage. That's how we learn the most. But overcome them. Get over yourself. Carry on, because there's people out there waiting for you. And the world nowadays, more than ever, we need speakers. On a small stage, on a great stage, on TEDx, on TED, in your area, in your town, online. Important. Be less vanilla. Embrace your weird. That is. Uh, I like that. Good tagline. Be less vanilla. Yeah, that actually is uh, kind of a great way to put it. I mean, you actually you're both making great points. And what I'm hearing is that you need to be practiced and careful and rehearsals are good things. They're not bad things. Be, I mean, spontaneity is one thing. But often when you're making a presentation to a group of people, you really want to want to have some sense of how that's going to flow and you want to have some. You want to convey that you've said this before to somebody, even if it's your first time out, because that adds a lot of weight to what you say. Uh, but at the same time, if you have, I, I once heard a presentation given by a person who was blind and he opened it by saying, I have to apologize. I was told in a, in a, in a speaking class, in a, uh, in a business speaking class that I should make eye contact with my audience. And he said, I'm sorry, but I just can't do that. Uh, and I mean, he got a laugh out of that. And then after that, he wasn't the blind guy giving a speech anymore. He was a guy who said something that had a tremendous amount of impact and people were moved by it. And it had nothing to do with being blind. It had to do with the subject that mattered to him that he wanted to talk about. And so you can be you. I mean, it's perfectly OK. And, and people will accept almost anything when they know they're listening to the real you and not somebody who was yeah. manufactured. 
Nice. I, I think there's a lot of power in that. So so let's say we start with somebody like Dr. Jacqueline, who obviously has difficulty addressing a group. Yeah. Right. And what and what what do we do? What do we do? What, yeah, what's right. your problem? Where, do you, where do you start? Where do you start helping somebody like uh, like my good friend and uh, mentor, Dr. Jacqueline, who is shy and retiring and finds it difficult to Oh, there's no way. There's no way I can. I know we're Dr. Jacqueline. There's no. There's nothing I can do for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, what one thing, I I incorporate a lot of humor, and um, I'm I'm not gonna say challenging, but provocative in my approach. But anyway, there are usually two questions that I always like to ask. The first one, and I alternate these two. It depends on who I've got in front of me. One is what are what are your current speaking challenges? Okay, and I'd let them expand. And one that I really find powerful is, imagine we're going to have a session and we agree it was going to be an hour. So by the end of these 60 minutes, what needs to happen for you to know it's been a successful session? Hmm. And I usually, with that question, I get to extract exactly what that person is after at that moment in time. And then, of course, there's the spontaneity. Spontaneity? Yeah, I said that right? I think I did, yeah. Mm -hmm. There we go. Mm And then there is that level in which I may pick on things that a person may need, but I always like to start with what they, in a way, what they want, what they're thinking about. And then from there, many other things will, will expand. And also, what, what is it that you want to do with your speaking? I mean, so most of the time, believe it or not, they come ready. Or say, I've got a presentation, I need help. Okay, so what's your presentation? And I usually, like I said to you, uh, once they start, I say, okay, Get get rid, get rid of that PowerPoint. That's definitely not the way to go. What do you want the audience to take away? And I go, you know, it's got like a, like a cycle. And I just pick people. We are in the, the speaking. We are on that kind of cycle. We are thinking about the hand gestures and the body language and the tonalities on the energy, on the PowerPoint presentation, on the stage management, positioning, storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I pick and expand from there. And then I, I build up on, you know, depending on the needs of the person. Of hmm. course, if it's coaching, it's just one-to-one. There's, you know, anything really can happen. But I make sure they have in their mind at least one very clear outcome so that at the end of the session, they feel like, wow, apart from everything else, I'll say, yeah, I got what I wanted as well. And that's that's valuable. Yeah, you're you're in Woking in the UK. and But you can yeah. do this for people anywhere in the world. Yes. Uh, well, imagine during the pandemic, I, I helped. I think it's been the time I helped the most startups worldwide with their pitch hmm. because they were they were used to delivering a pitch to a group of people but then they were coming to me Jose now I've got like two people in in the, in the call or three people and I'm really struggling I mean they're just there and I'm going through my PowerPoint presentation and they were missing the whole point of having a conversation because they just had a couple of people mm-hmm. they were missing the point of having a structure of certain flexibility they were missing the point of asking key questions that they could address right away so yeah, absolutely. I do I do this like this. And still, if people invite me, I always prefer to be in person in the same room, face to face. Still super, super powerful. I well, wouldn't change I'm, it. I'm, and whether I'm speaking English or Spanish, obviously I can call you and you can help me. Yes, and if you're speaking anything else, I may be able to help you with your energy levels and things like that as long well, as we can communicate. But yes. Uh-huh. Great. Good. Good. Jose, uh, uh, some of the takeaways that I'm getting right now are basically about 
being prepared, obviously, and being able to have your points with stories. And the stories are going to be true to us. And we're not going to have to memorize them because we already know what those stories are. So my question for you is, using this approach, do we have to have some external medium like a PowerPoint presentation or sometimes I've seen people use flip charts or even just putting pictures up on the screen, like a, a slide with just a picture? Do we need these things or is the power of our voice enough? Hmm. I, I recommend all of them depending on the audience, depending on the stage, depending because remember, we have got different messages, different presentations, different stories, okay? So if you're going to have a PowerPoint, okay, if you're going to have something in the background or behind you, that has, it has to help you elevate your point, okay? It has to help you illustrate your story. It's not like you're going to have a PowerPoint just to read from the slides. Then that's yeah. pointless. You're disconnecting, creating a huge disconnection between you and the audience. But then if you have it because you're illustrating that story, that's going to be powerful because then as visual beings that we are, we're capturing as well an image plus the power of the words that you are conveying. So I would say purpose. What's, what's the purpose? Is it going to elevate your point? Is it going to help the audience understand it, drive that point home better? Then yes. If not, then don't. And regardless, don't rely on it. Don't rely on anything but the power of this baby. Okay? And there was something else, Dr. Jacqueline. You asked me for the PowerPoint. What was the other thing you said? So in some cases in my career, we were told not to use a PowerPoint. We should use a flip chart or we should just put up pictures and tell a story about the picture. Yeah, absolutely. So all pictures are going to be powerful. And most, if you see my presentations, whenever I bring and people actually, I get phone calls uh, before I go and present. Jose, you sent us the slide deck, but actually you're going to be speaking for 45 minutes and there's only four slides and there are pictures. And then I go and say, yes, and that's the whole idea. So trust me on that one. Okay, no, you're the expert. Yes, that's fine because people are expecting like long, you know, lows of slides. Having a flip chart, if possible, if people are going to be able to see it, if there is a camera, if it's a big room and there is a camera pointing at what I'm writing, it may help me expand, dive deeper, or explain better, then I will use it. Especially when I'm talking about a framework, I love having a flip chart. And usually my frameworks are around three to four elements and then people get to see it so it's another way that i do recommend so yes be be clear well again i'm gonna go to the fundamentals what do you want the audience to take away is having a flip chart gonna help them you know uh get that point or is it just gonna be a distraction or you're doing it because you want to look cool hmm. what's in it for the audience every time is it going to elevate your audience is it going to elevate your message Thank you. Here's a, a follow-up question to that. Sorry, Al. The follow-up no, question sure. is audience engagement. So when I was in my corporate career, we had the ability to have people in the audience use their phone to answer polls, answer questions, and then the information goes up. And many times I thought that this was a distraction because you start to lose people because now they're in the phone. They're, after they answer the question, now they're scrolling along. What are your thoughts about audience engagement, especially if they're not aware in advance that they're going to be asked to do something? Is it a good technique or not so much? That's, that's the speaker's responsibility here, okay? And I would say, when, when I get booked, I explain to them what is it that I want to do. Not to the audience, but then it's the responsibility of the person that's booking me to explain that to the audience and get them ready. 
okay, for example, depending, depending on the size of the audience as well. And if there's going to be something, if there's going to be a poll, yes, and you're going to show the results and everything else and then bring them back to you, people. That's over. Hmm. Come back. I mean, just having, you're having a good conversation. By that point, I wouldn't do it at the beginning. You're having a connection. So it's just, okay, people, come here. Time to turn your phones off again. Or if you're going to use it, take a picture, read the room. Hmm. That's what I would say. But I don't see anything wrong with it. But if you're going to lose them, of course, I mean, you don't want that. You don't want that. But sometimes it actually brings even more impact because then everyone is just together feeling, you know, f feeling that poll. And then they all look at the results. And then you can apply there what I call three-point communication, in which it's not just me and the audience talking. But now, people, let's look at the results in here, similar to the flip chart. Let's just analyze this together. You see, you use that with a purpose. And then you have them very engaged. Hmm. Same thing. So, so that would be my short saying, answer. As long, as long, I, I think that's great advice too. And that was a great question, Dr. Jackman, because I think sometimes we, we become a little bit too clever. And, you know, we get this great idea and we think it's going to play out really well. And then when we put it in front of a couple of hundred people and we give it a try, the server crashes, they can't find the URL. The, 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 I mean, you, now you end up having to do technical support live in the middle of your presentation. Never mind what, what you were trying to present to people. You're totally off that now. You're totally screwing around with just trying to get the stuff to work. And I, I think I think sometimes it could be just a little bit too clever. But but I wanted to explore the relationship with a client, though, Jose, because there are people out there who need your help. And based on what I'm hearing so far, you can help me find the purpose of what it is I'm trying to communicate. I can help you with that. You can help me structure the message and deliver it in a way that makes clear the purpose of what I'm trying to say. But but there's another element to this that I think is really critical. If I'm if I'm your client and we have, let's say, a working relationship on a retainer basis, I can try out all of my stuff on you before I actually present it to a group. And you can help me tune it before I put it out there, if that makes sense. It, uh, is that part of what you do? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just spent, well, just last month, I spent over 10 days in Spain supporting a big client. I was supporting the whole executive team. Mm -hmm. And what they were doing day in and day out was to present to me. And I was ripping those presentations apart, of course, with good intentions, caring about what they were doing. But yes, that's, that's essentially, uh, well, that was that project specifically. They were supposed to come to me and present. And then I would work on all of the elements, the stage positioning, how they were telling stories, if they were going to be telling stories, what kind of data they were going to be utilizing, how they were using their body language, how they were using their tonalities, the pauses, everything. Mm -hmm. If they were, were going to be bringing any props, all of it, the PowerPoint, if there was going to be any, the whole thing. But yes, I always get people to pitch, present to me a lot during the session, especially if we got that ongoing relationship, what they come is yours. And most of the time, once they, they go on, on and they flying away and they don't need me anymore, when they come, it's mainly to do that. Jose, I've got this new angle. I've got this story. Let's see if it lands. Mm. And then I'm there. I've got this joke. Let's see if it works. Because it, I call that like the pop test before the pandemic. And now, again, people are going back to pops in the UK. So I call that the pop test. You've got an idea. You go and present it to your, to your mates, if you like. And they'll go, look, guys, I've got this story. What do you think? And they give mm. you feedback. So that's a good start. The practice, practice, practice. So yes, Al, long, long answer. Yes, I cover all of that, that's which is very important. Don't go 
if you have a clever idea, don't go and present it in front of 200 people, 300 people, 1,000 people. First, start small. Start small, just like comedians do. You don't see uh, Mr. McIntyre, a very, I don't know if you know him, a very um, famous comedian worldwide. Mm -hmm. He's from the UK. You, mm -hmm. He goes to very small places in London to pitch, you know, his ideas. And see how they land. Uh -huh. Exactly. Trying that material right. out. And once it's ready, then they go to the masses. I invite everyone to do it. I do it in front of my wife. I do it on my phone and I send it to friends. What do you think? I've got some other coaches and we support each other within this industry as well. So I got this. What do you reckon? Yeah, try it this way. What do you, you know? That's great. So, you, so you're that. an expert audience. That's really helpful. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another question I have, and I've seen this done before, and I would assume that the people who've done it have practiced it, but the speaker comes in from the back he comes in and walks through the, he or she walks through the audience and then gets on the stage or on the stage, jump off the stage and start walking through addressing people during the speech. What do you think of that? Is it a lot of drama or, or just um, entertainment or is it good speaking? Okay. This is about uniqueness and the purpose, putting the audience aside for a moment is, is that who you are as a speaker, okay? Because if that's not who you are and you want to do it because you saw someone else doing it, that may not work as well. That'd be the first thing. I like, I like to jump on stage and run from one extreme to the other. Sometimes I come down and I just high five people or have a conversation, have a laugh. That's my style. So, but I know there are people that want to be well positioned in the middle of the stage and, you know, be very much, uh, as I like to call, uh, well grounded so in order to answer this question i like to bring to the conversation four presentation styles that i worked on mm. uh, you have the inspirer which would be like a tony robbins like you know usually kind of my style i'm not like tony robbins mm -hmm. in any shape or form but then it's kind of you know high energy you bring lots of stories you go and you know interact with the audience a lot then you have the driver Who's the executive? He's the, the person that's going to tell you, okay, the presentation is very lineal and it's going to go one, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of it. Any questions at the end? Thank you very much. I've done my bit. Then mm. you have the analyzer, which is something, by the way, uh, Steve Jobs used to do really well because he would analyze the data, but then present it in such a way that people will go, wow, that makes sense. It's easy to digest. And mm. then the connector. And the connector is the one that potentially will pull out the flip chart and give hands out and will do the, the poll and have like one-to-one -one conversations, even though it's a large audience. So you got those four. Where are you? And I always invite people to pick from each one of them. But where are you most of the time? Because that's going to be a good indication as to what you could start implementing. Because imagine, you're very, you're the kind of analyzer, you bring data, you bring depth, you bring insights, and this is kind of your tonality, you gesture slowly, and then you're going to go running through the audience, then it's just going to be, there's going to be uh, an incongruence. And being congruent is very important as speakers. That's, that's, that's such an important point, because that means that if I hire you as my coach, uh, and, and you help me, you're not helping me to become Jose Okar. You, Ukar, you're not helping me become you. You're helping me become an effective version of me as a speaker. And that, I think, which means if I'm an analytical type or if I'm a connector or if I'm a driver, what I'll become is a better version of that 
not some different person that I need to pretend to be. But I think that's that authenticity. Out. You've got to be you because if you're anybody else, it's just going to fall on its face. And Yeah, everyone else is taken. I can think of, you know, now that I know how to reach you, well, a little later on, you're going to tell everybody how to reach you. I can think of about, mo oh, maybe two dozen times I've stepped out onto a stage and, and embarrassed myself. And I could have prevented every one of them by just working with you in advance. Oh, it's I okay. Know. Yeah. I know. These where, things where happen. I needed you, Jose. They happen to me. Let's just blame Dr. Jacqueline for not inviting me in any sooner. Shall we do that? No way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gentlemen, okay. everything okay. happens for a reason. It's all timing, right? We were meant to yes. meet now yes. in it's this a, moment. You know, so. It would have been nice to know. It would have been nice to know Jose about 15 years ago when I was doing the really dumb stuff. But, but, uh, and, and Jose was probably 12 back then. So I don't know that he was doing this. I have a feeling. But, but I think, I think there are an awful lot of people out there in exactly that position who really need somebody objective. To listen to the message they're trying to communicate and just feedback to them how do you make this your message but compelling to an audience that consists of all kinds of different people and uh i, I can see how your your clients must really appreciate what you do um i i well i i hope they do what i love seeing al is once they've been on the coaching session with me if it's been a program or even a call just one hmm. call of 45 minutes what i love is just the results how they go and implement and they start changing right away. So you see them presenting differently. And it's not like, oh, yes, Jose, well done. No, it's actually them. They gave themselves the opportunity. They came to me. They were vulnerable. They took on the feedback. They implemented it on the spot. Mm -hmm. And you see them begin to shine. And if they continue to do so, they become great speakers and presenters. Mm -hmm. That's very, it's got to be really rewarding for you. I know it's rewarding for your clients, but uh, that's got to yes, make it, you feel good too. It Fred. feels, go, going back to purpose, Ali, it's just one of those things that when I wake up in the morning and even if I'm having like a, from the very beginning of the day, I'm having like a very tough day. You know what, hmm. you know, things can be like in life. Mm -hmm. And then I just connect with my purpose. I mean, I've got a greater mission than just me and how I'm feeling. I've got people to serve and then that shifts my energy. You know, today I had a tough day. And recently, for some reason, I think, you know, like like the lobster, I'm outgrowing my shell and then I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable a lot of the time recently, but then I'm going to jump on a call like this and I'm going to prepare. I'm going to take time to, you know, breathe, find myself, my balance, because I know I've got something to say and I'm going to be impacting people's lives. So, yes, I'm, I'm up for it every time I'm up for it. Well, good. I have another invitation for you then. I would love for you to come back and and share with our audience and also with me and Al about preparing and actually executing a TEDx talk. There's so many people who are coming to this platform saying, I want to do a TEDx, I want to, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know. So would you come back and share your experience with us in that area? What a pleasure. So the third is the charm. So what can I say? That's a, yes, yes, I yes. It's a business talk show because I don't want to miss this episode. A, I know on this show, I would love for you to come back on this show. I think that would show. be perfect. Great. Share that with us. It would, be, it would be my pleasure. Yes, yeah. um, I'd be very happy to help in that area as well be because that's another one. It is a great platform. And I, I think more people could, could be sharing their excellence on that stage. So, sure. yes. 
It's something that I have in the back of my mind. It's like I have to do this, this, and this before I get to that. But it's there. I want to do it. So bring it, bring it to the front of your yeah. mind, Dr. Yeah. Jacqueline. It is time. It is time. It's time. The front of so, Jacqueline's mind, the front of Dr. Jacqueline's mind is a pretty crowded place. You've got to be uh <laughs> there's an awful lot of competing elements that are, believe me, I know. So uh it's like that yeah, sign, no vacancy at the end, but it'll get there. So Jose, we have your information up and I'd love for you to share for people who can't read the banner or they're on the radio. What are your websites and how can someone sign up for this 45 minute call to work with you? Hmm. Well, very simple. I made it super easy for everyone. If you go and type Jose Ucar on Google, my website will come up first and then you're going to have access to my diary. You can book before jumping on a coaching call, I always invite people to book uh, what I call a strategy call, which is 20 to 25 minutes to actually get to understand what your challenges are. Why do you want to improve your speaking, your goals? So that's what I would recommend. And also on my page, on my website, you have free resources, different types of resources, tips that you can access for free in exchange of your email address. There is also the world-class communicator, which is an online course that I developed during the pandemic. And I'm very grateful because it grew and the community of the world-class communicator, I think it's over 45,000 students across the globe. Mm. I supported charities. I supported people in Africa, in India, Asia, and of course, people everywhere else. So yeah, look me up. Just type Jose Ucar, get in touch. I'm always, well, I'm going to say I'm always available. At least you will receive a message saying I'm crazy busy now, but let's talk. Wow. Let's congratulations go. on all of those students whose lives you've changed. That's fabulous. And this was such an enlightening interview. It, uh, I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation at Dr. Jacqueline's invitation. So we'll get you back. How to be a TED speaker. I think that would be a, a great topic to explore. Great. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank All right. So well, much. thank you for now. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah. And thank you for sharing our 100th episode with us. This will Ooh, always be out there forever. You. Yay. Yeah. People, listen, listen, subscribe, rate, comment. These guys are amazing. <laughs> Dr. Jacqueline, you're fantastic. Thank you. And Al, pleasure, buddy. Thank you so well, much. It's a pleasure for me, Jose. Thank you very much. Thank Goodbye, you so much. Bye. Bye. I learned well, so much from him. I, uh, it was a lot of energy and a lot of information and it was a terrific 100th episode. It's hard to believe the 40 minutes goes by so quickly, especially when you're, when you've got such a great cast. So uh, good, good booking, excellent booking and a good conversation. Well, thanks again to our friends, the lovely Jeanetta Barry, who, by the way, you can see at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 9 p.m. British summertime today on A Woman's Prerogative. And coming up right after this is Wild at Heart. It's our men's show, Bonfire Talks. It's hosted and moderated by Roland Friedel. And Al, we need to get you on there. I, I, I'm afraid to be on there. But yes, I, one of these days... I need to watch one or two and then try to find a quiet way to work my way into the conversation. But yes. You would I be great. Are misunderstood. So yes. that's the venue for me. Okay. That's Very it. good. I'm going okay. to spotlight you again, Al. And if you can give people your information, how to reach you, and also tell them about where else they can see you on television. Oh, well, thank you, uh, Dr. Jacqueline. In addition to the business talk show, which is uh Wonderful experience for me and a lot of fun. I also host a couple of programs on RVN Television. That's rvntelevision.com, Morning Coffee on Fridays, which is a spontaneous live stream, two-hour conversation with my buddy Joe Asimendi, who is 
certifiably crazy, and that's what makes it fun. And we also uh, host a program at 10.30 on rbntelevision.com on Fridays called CEO Chat, where we talk to business leaders who have great stories to tell or people who have terrific stories to tell to business leaders. And uh, that's a, a fun program kind of in the mold of the business talk show. Uh, and we do this BCAT thing. I'm easy to reach. If you're interested in the way we build teams around purpose, reach out to me at al.cini, A-L.C-I-N-I, at getbcat, G-E-T-B-C-A-T dot com, or call me at uh, 855-999-B-C-A-T. Happy to talk to anybody about it. Love the subject. So please feel free to give me a buzz. We'll see if we can work together. And Al, you are starting your Talking Heads series again next week. Can you just share something about that? I am. And uh, the first topic is uh, the, the importance of connecting the head with the heart. I think uh, for this really this show really aim, is aimed at project managers. I think an awful lot of people think the trick to managing a project is to deconstruct the steps of the project so that they're clearly understood and easy to follow. But that isn't actually the holy grail of project management. The holy grail of project management is motivating people to want to do it. And when people are motivated on a project team to achieve the goals of the project, they do things that are needed to be done way better than anything you could lay out on a project plan. So the, the miracle, in my mind, of uh, human free will is that when you set it free, when you really set it free, you allow people to work in freedom and you make clear to them what it is they're building, they do things for you that you would never be able to expect any other way. And uh, what you get are terrific results in less time and for less money. Thank you, Al. And I also wanna share for those of you who don't know, Al makes a pretty darn good commercial. So if you're interested in sponsoring here at USA Global TV and radio, please do reach out. He's, he does some amazing work. And we have that's a fun work. I really enjoy doing that. Again, it's helping people get their message out. So thank you. Yes, it is. Well, my friend, as we close out, as the gentlemen are waiting for me for the next show backstage, <laughs> I just have to say from the bottom of my heart how much I appreciate you and I couldn't be doing this without you. And I don't say that lightly. I mean it seriously that you have taught me so much. You've been there from the beginning when other people, I'm going to start crying. You're going to start to cry. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't. Do I know. That. There's no crying. No, when, you know, other people were not there, you always have been there. So thank you. Well, you, 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 are, you are a force with which to be reckoned. Uh, what you've built, I think, is amazing. What you continue to build is amazing. And any small part of it that I can play, I'm happy to play. But this is all you. And I'm really proud. to. I'm proud of the work you do. And I'm proud to be a small part of it. Thank you, Doc. Well, thank you. You're not a small part. So there. <laughs> all right. Before the tears start flying, we are going to say goodbye for now. We'll be right back Thanks, with the men's show. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye now.